Welcome to this Work Smart and Elephants Don't Forget bonus podcast, where we answer a number of audience questions and comments posed in our recent live webinar on how coronavirus is transforming complaint handling and what you can do about it. In this episode, I'm joined by Adrian Harvey from the AI-powered knowledge retention firm Elephants Don't Forget, Anthony Egan from complaint handling technology firm WorkSmart, together with complaint handling consultant Sarah Lawrence and Caroline Wills. So let's get to it. A couple of the questions were around the fact that employees working from home, you wouldn't have the same sorts of controls and QA procedures and practices that were in place in the office environment. And senior managers do have a duty to ensure that the level of service that's being delivered by the organisation is uh, is appropriate and in line with, with the regulations. So I think this is a very real challenge for firms. And I wonder if indeed their business continuity plans took this into account. I think everyone's primary focus was probably on just getting the work done that was coming in from customers and working away around it. It was very sort of task driven and just needing to get one day done and then move on to the next one. But I think where we are now is that people are having to think about the sustainability of what they're doing and how we're working. And we've got to find a new normal. The FCA have been bringing out a, a lot of information. So not just their business plan recently, but obviously they brought out their very short dated consultation papers around lending criteria and what businesses had to do around that. They've now sort of started talking about PCP, loan arrangements, rent to own, those sorts of things as well, giving guidance out around there. So, they, so businesses have got a lot in their plate, actually, haven't they, in terms of catching up with all of this guidance or consultation the other thing of course is that you can follow the fca guidance but that doesn't mean to say that in the passage of time we look back on it and think that that was the right thing to do for customers i picked up on a paragraph and a a particular statement within the fca's business plan which said we will not compromise on our expectations of firms anthony that obviously comes back to your point about talking technology in this respect isn't it and and making sure that the compliance obligation is met by the likes of technology that WorkSmart provides. Coupled with that, um, you would have hoped that the senior managers and certification regime where firms do have to identify that senior manager, that certified role, and the head of customer service will fall under that. So having someone accountable at a senior level is now clear throughout the organisation. And you would hope that leadership and that communication, that guidance would come from the top, especially at times like these. Obviously, technology does help with all of that. We noticed from a number of people using the chat facility that call volumes were erratic and unpredictable. How do firms cope with fluctuating situations that are happening around them? I think one of the things that can really help businesses if they get the communications sorted out really early on so that they can manage the expectations of customers. The worst thing that you can have as a business are customers feeling they need to kind of bounce back a few times because they send in an email they don't get a response, they send a web chat, they don't get the answer they want. So then people resort to phoning and maybe not once, but maybe twice or three times. So that that ability to minimise the amount of contact that customers need to make with you as a business has to start with your communication strategy and making sure that you give as much information out as possible that's relevant, not just information for information's sake, but stuff that will actually will help customers either to reassure them or to make a decision about something that they need to do and can do it online so they don't need to have to talk to someone if they don't want to or they can't. Just building on what Caroline said then, so uh, personal frustration I find uh, and a failing of a lot of firms is they don't empower their employees to deal with the issue as it presents. And what you get is you get the company line. 
which riles the consumer because they're not being given the answer to the question that they're asking. They're often being given stock phrases, which really irritates people and either causes for a conversation that's terminated by the agent in some sort of indignant, I'm entitled to terminate this call conversation, which is inevitably going to cause a furious response from the customer. If they can't solve the problem, they can communicate with the customer an honest answer. It's about communication, and I think it's about empowering employees to have adult conversations with customers, honest conversations. That brings us on to staff wellbeing and engagement, and a number of participants on the webinar talked about how they were managing or not managing. My sense is that businesses are still sort of finding their way out of this at the moment. I see middle managers, you know, the people that are actually leading the teams, managing the teams on a day-to-day basis, are having conversations that are a lot more in-depth now about people's personal lives than they probably ever have had before because they'd never needed to do that because the social construct of their working environment kind of covered them and they didn't need to worry about it. I would just build on that to say we have an emotional wellbeing monitor plug-in for our customers using Cleverly. And what we've seen is there was like a shock wave went through the marketplace where I think a lot of firms were head down and in absolute almost disaster recovery mode. And that period of time lasted way longer than I think most people envisaged or had planned for. And what we're now seeing is more and more firms coming out of that period of shock and looking around for tools that they can use to help them in this new alien landscape. In particular, what can we do about managing the, the well-being of our employees who, like you say, Callum, you've really got no idea what's going on. Adrian, you alluded to it, that this surge happens each and every year in the energy sector. There must be some crossovers that organisations can take from it. Yeah, of course. So you knew pretty much when it was going to get cold. Yeah, and you knew pretty much when it got cold and a load of boilers were going to fail. So in most instances, you get some pre-warning. In this instance, the pre-warning was, was really quite tight. But there are still things you can put in place to ensure that employees, you can you know, shut down certain parts of the business to service others. An obvious one might be new business sales in certain markets might not be occurring at this point in time. And you might want to redirect those employees to serving your customers. But I do wonder how many firms took advantage of furloughing and furloughed a whole bunch of employees that could be helping to serve their customers. In fact, one or two people made that very point How am I supposed to service these customers and ensure that we comply with the complaints procedures when my employees just furloughed half my team? I think um, that businesses were very quick to furlough. We're seeing, um, so we've seen businesses do one of two things, furloughing, so they've left themselves short. But we've also seen businesses be incredibly flexible, so they're flexing their complaint handling team. So they, they are drawing staff from other departments that are, as you say, sort of laying fallow and not really doing anything and drawing them into complaints handling. And that obviously means that there is a training need. So in order to support those staff, you have to make sure that you are looking longer term and giving them training and support where perhaps you wouldn't have needed to do so before. We had um, someone sort of commented and said, will the FCA sort of have words with us or do take any action against us if we were to say extend the three day SRC deadline, say seven? I think the answer is don't do that. They've been very specific, very clear about it being business as usual and if you're struggling to get in touch with them. Now, we don't know what it looks like if you do have to get in touch with them, but obviously bearing in mind that firms have furloughed staff and left potentially complaints departments short, 
if you are struggling, then I think your first port of call is to go to the FCA and say, look, we are struggling because of extenuating circumstances. That's the only thing you can really do. It's not about having your knuckles wrapped. It's about covering your backside, really. Yeah, I'd, I would echo that as well. We've had quite a number of customers calling us and, and emailing in just to see if we've heard anything different uh, from any of our other customers. And pretty much we're just saying the same thing. It's um, You've got to be following the FCA guidelines and, and they are, if you feel that you're not going to, as Sarah just said, if you feel you're not going to make that deadline, you do need to let them know. If you are not going to make the eight-week deadline, you do need to send that letter to them uh, and inform them of why not. So instead of actually just talking about the regulatory expectations, the customer experience, are they getting what they want from this in terms of meeting their needs? Philip, I think it's a good question. And I think you're going to find a real polarization. You're going to find that some firms have done a really good job. Yeah, they set out genuinely and consistently to put their customers at the center of the universe. I see one insurer today, Admiral, have given a £25 premium refund to all of their customers because their customers aren't driving the cars. Now, you look at that and you think, they weren't asked to, they've just done it. It's a brilliant, brilliant piece of work. You can say it's a a stunt. I don't care. I I think it's it's absolutely spot on. On the webinar was a COO of of a business, not a customer of ours, but I was extremely impressed with what they've done. They actually took a temporary decision to turn their technology off so that everybody could have adult personal conversations with their customers and explain to them, with respect, Philip, you are not a priority. We have other customers who are a priority. We will deal with those and then we'll get back to you. We promise we will. And, you know, they have the vulnerable customer conversation and they prioritise accordingly. It's a, it's a triage. Everyone was in a triage environment. It's really, really well done. I, when we've started all this, we had something called survival anxiety, and some people are still in that. You know, you've got vulnerable customers contacting short-term lenders about problems straight away. Some are going to be months down the line. People are at different stages having different experiences in terms of this lockdown, this shutdown, this um, this virus. So I don't think there's a standardised customer expectation, which makes it very difficult for businesses. And I echo Adrian. I think the um, the admiral. £25 refund is just fantastic. It's unique, it's unusual, and it buys those people back into that brand. There's been a tremendous amount of customer goodwill and an understanding that it was going to take businesses a while to get themselves sorted out. But then there becomes a, a tipping point when the expectation is, you should have yourself sorted out now. I should be able to get what I need when I need it from somebody who knows what they're, what they're talking about. And for me, I, I think it's going to be the examples of good behaviour from businesses that will really start to shine a light on the behaviour of businesses that isn't so good and they aren't responding so well. So people will say, well, why can't you do that? Because them over there, they've already sorted that out and I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to ask for it. It was sorted out for me immediately. And I think actually you're going to find that it's going to be the businesses themselves that will start to kind of raise when they raise their game and start to raise the bar, it will start to show the other ones, I suspect, for what they truly are and what their approach to customer service is really like, as opposed to what perhaps they, they talk about, which, which doesn't necessarily match. So I suspect customer loyalty and customer engagement will wane if you're a business that isn't seen to be treating people fairly. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast. To find out more about how Elephants Don't Forget's artificial intelligence tool can be deployed throughout your organisation to improve the competency and capability of your complaint handling staff wherever they are located, please visit elephantsdon'tforget.com. To learn how WorkSmart's intuitive complaints handling software, CareSmart, can help make it easy to capture, manage, track, communicate and report on complaints across your entire business network, please visit worksmart.co.uk.